Hi everyone, I'm your host Maurice and you are listening to the Lifetimes Podcast, a podcast where we explore the different stories, life lessons and experiences of Filipinos navigating through life and adulthood in a foreign society. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our 8th episode and um just thank you everyone for continuing to listen to the show and I always say this but I I'm really thankful, honestly, for um, for you uh, listening to the show. And if you're listening to this uh, on the day of its release, thank you so much for supporting. And and I, I encourage you, please uh, share the episode to your friends. Maybe uh, you know someone who could maybe benefit from the show or maybe has a similar experience to one of our guests on the show. Maybe give it a share to them and just get more uh, more people listening to these stories. And well, uh, again, if you haven't um, followed us on Instagram, I encourage you to give us a follow on the Instagram page at the Lifetimes Podcast and to also subscribe to the show on whichever podcasting platform that you're using. Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast. I'm slowly trying to upload to YouTube just as audiograms, but um, right now I'm using the free version of the, the uh, application that I'm using, so I can't pump out as as many videos as possible so there's a certain limit so it's a little slow but if uh, you prefer listening to YouTube I know um, I know I have uh, a couple friends in the Philippines who, who know the show and uh, maybe some um, like YouTube is big in the Philippines right now so maybe they want to use YouTube uh, it will come but <laughs> uh, just uh, give, give the Instagram page a follow and I'll post updates there so in today's episode, we have another special guest. Um, he's actually one of the guys who first reached out to me when I started the show. He was one of the guys who congratulated me on on starting the show, and it really feels good that um, like right now I'm uh, I have him today uh, for as a as a guest. He actually um, when he messaged me, he told me that um, if I needed a guest or needed a hand in anything he he'll be there so i'm really thankful that he is here now and in today's episode we're actually going to talk about um um his uh, experiences in being a new father during the covid19 pandemic and also some of the uh struggles that um you know people of color have to deal with during the pandemic and also his uh, outlook in life for himself and his family for the future as a person of color so please allow me to welcome our guest for today, Miko. Hey, Maurice. How are you doing, man? Hey, bro. I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for being here today. No worries. No worries. Glad to be here with you. So I know you're a, you're a big Disney fan, right? Uh, initially, I wasn't. It was actually my wife. She oh, got okay. me really into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, growing up, I mean... That, that was part of the routine or, or, you know, things that you like as a child, but, you know, kind of forget about it. And then, you know, I met my wife and she's really into it. So, and she was right. Like Disney for adults is completely different from when you were a kid, especially when you go to say Disneyland or Disney world completely changes your experience. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember actually um about three, four years ago, my family and I went to California and 
I was already like you know, 22 years old or 24 or yeah, like 23 or something. And we still went to Disneyland. We're like, oh, we, we got to go. <laughs> no, seriously, it's it's completely fun. And, and for those out there that haven't, you know, tried it or ha- has a close mind, you know, I invite you to try it. It's it's completely different for adults. I mean, you kind of relived um, a little bit of your childhood, but it's at the same time, it's a completely different experience. So I always tell that to other people that don't, that think it's kind of corny or it's kind of like childish. It's, it's not, it's, it's a little bit of a reprieve as adults for me anyway, um, to kind of, it's kind of, it's going to sound weird and corny, but it's like, it's kind of like where you kind of can be a child again and relive your your past experiences, even though you you're you're old already, so that's that's my take on it. That's why I like it, pretty much. You get a sense of nostalgia, right? When you yeah yeah yeah, that's that's part of it. It's just imagination is what exactly what it is. So. Yeah. So, uh, your your wife being a Disney fan, um, have you guys seen the new uh the new Disney film, the Raya and the Last Dragon? No, actually, funny enough, we haven't been so busy here at home. You know, we have a, a baby. He's about, he's turning 10 months soon. And we're just being pretty occupied as new parents. <laughs> what they say about uh, parenthood, it's the toughest hood that you can ever encounter, right? So <laughs> we're just starting our journey there. And um, we haven't had much of uh, a chance to kind of catch up on the new shows. But, you know, I've heard about it. And um, reception is pretty good. I've seen the trailer. Um, it's kind of cool that they can now incorporate more of a Southeast Asian flavor and within, you know, their their collection of movies and stuff. It's not just limited to, say, uh, white people, like white princesses and stuff like that. It's, um, you know, that's progress in my eyes, at least, right? Yeah, definitely. Because um, even with uh, like to go back to the topic of the um, going to Disneyland and Disney films, like most of these, we don't really see, um, you know, people look like us uh, in these films, right? Or in these animated films, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, one step forward, and hopefully keeps going that way. And yeah, it's just uh, I, I haven't seen it myself. I it's uh, one of the movies that I want to see, and I'm actually interested if there's a if there's a tagalog version of the like a, a tagalog uh, dub move uh version of the film um because there's a uh theme song in tagalog right i'm not too sure if you're if you've heard no. of it it was uh, no actually uh it's uh actually a tagalog theme song for it yeah, yeah uh the english one was um uh, i forgot what it was called but uh, there's a Tagalog version. It's uh, mm-hmm. called uh, Gabay by KZ Tandingan. And actually, one of the uh, lines there in the lyrics kind of, you know, pushed me through in uh, starting the show, actually. Like, uh, the lyric was, uh, Tatatag wag lamang matakot, subu- wag lang matakot na subukan. So, uh, be strong. Don't be scared to try it out. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know I haven't. Uh, you know what? I'll give that a listen. That's that's very good. You know, I always want to kind of expand. I'm still stuck in my '90s OPM stuff. I haven't listened to much new OPM stuff, to be honest with you. Just because I don't know. I just 
it's just so hard to ever since I moved to Spotify, it's just very limited. But then again, I just don't know. Maybe I'm not using the algorithm right to just for it to pop up on my feed or whatever in Spotify. So that could man, be it. You're I should not just... alone. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right? uh, I'm I'm stuck in the '90s too, man. <laughs> I love the '90s. You know, um, I know you're a bassist, and I'm a bassist. <laughs> and we just love the riffs. Uh, what a golden age for uh, Filipino music. Like yeah, OPM. man. <laughs> Oh, hold yeah. hold that OPM thought. We're gonna dive into that before we wrap the show. <laughs> yeah. I, there's um, Absolutely. there's always this OPM uh, question that I ask each guest before we end. So hold that thought. We'll, uh... Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I'm here, man. Um, coming back to Raya, I, you know, I've been reading about it. I haven't seen the actual movie, like I said, but um, from what I've been reading. It looks like they incorporated a lot of the Southeast Asian cultures in it. It's not specifically just Filipinos, not specifically just Vietnam or Malay or Thai, but they incorporated some of the stuff like, say, uh, Filipino martial arts, Arnis. Um, I saw that they incorporated that there. You know, um, the dragon, uh, the salakot or the hat, right? That was That was pretty cool, I thought. You know, stuff like that, that's like, you wouldn't think about the details, but really Disney did their homework and kind of incorporated that into the film. Hopefully, maybe in the future, we'll get a standalone Filipino film with Disney. We'll see. Yeah, well, speaking of that, you think uh, we're going to, um, you know, there's, I don't know if you've seen some, um, I guess, superhero movies from the Philippines. <laughs> what if we get a, like, a, like you said, a Filipino superhero in um I don't know, Disney or the MCU. <laughs> that would be cool. The only Filipino um, superhero I've seen when I was a kid is Pandai. And that that's like classic. I'm, ta- I'm saying like that's like 80s or early 90s, I'd say. I, I don't even know. There's like Pedro Pintuho, but I think that was... Uh, I think, that was I think like that's older. I think that's a parody older. or something. Yeah. Or a superhero, <laughs> more like a mockery of superheroes. But it was yeah, it was yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and hopefully, moving forward, you know, for the generations to come, we can kind of represent that in in this Western culture, you know, because everybody is kind of intermingling right now and saying, "Hey, our culture is there to be seen as well." And hopefully, this is the time where Filipinos can kind of show off um, into the mainstream, hopefully. And then, you know, our kids and their, their kids would be able to look up to. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it does go in that direction because uh, Asian cu- culture is so so vast. It's uh, it's, it's huge. Like, like yes. you said, there's um, even just Filipino culture is huge. Uh, you go to Thailand, Vietnam, uh, yeah. just, just a lot of culture to absorb. And um, like you can't just have um, like one movie cannot encompass all no. of that culture. No, so no, absolutely, you're right, and and hope hopefully moving forward that's what happens. You know, one world kind of thing, um, just to get to know everything in between, right? So opens the eyes of everybody. I feel like all the racism that we see, discrimination, it's because people are just not exposed to this. And they can't see each other eye to eye because they think, you know, a certain race is different from a certain race. And it's just 
not right for them or vice versa. And I feel like more exposure to certain things is a form of education and hopefully it happens, you know, mainstream media is where it's supposed to be and, you know, we're making progress, but we're not there yet. So last year you became a father, right? During the, the COVID pandemic. Um, tell us about that, man. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was certainly, um, interesting. Um, was it hard? Yes. But would I ever, ever not say it's the, it is the best thing that's happened in our lives, in my life. Um, <laughs> it was certainly difficult in the beginning. I mean, uh, the story goes, uh, the backstory is, uh, before this whole pandemic was a thing, we booked a vacation uh, to Hawaii. And so we went through it. Nikki was pregnant. It was supposed to be our baby moon. And um, sure enough, I think midway through our vacation that week, we were watching the news in Hawaii and Trudeau came out and said, hey, uh, this is real and we're going to start shutting down the borders. And so we were in a panic, trying to go back home with my pregnant wife in tow and my in-laws <laughs> and my sister-in-law. So Wow, that was that was a crazy experience to say the least. And then um, definitely interesting. I got back here, everything was shut down, and I basically got laid off the following month. And then, you know, like a lot of Canadians, we were on um, CERB, and uh, that was definitely the height of my um, anxiety. I was uh, really worrying. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Darn, like we did. We didn't really foresee this. We, you know, planned for this. We wouldn't have ever thought this was going to happen, you know, because if we knew it was going to happen, we wouldn't have ever planned to, you know, start a family. But, you know, sometimes stuff like that happens and you just have to roll with the punches. So, um, and then moving forward. So we fast forward to July where, you know, my kid is about to be born we it was still so unclear how the, the rules are going to be in the hospital so until it happened so we ended up going to the hospital and only one support person can be there which was me and my wife and yeah it was a lot of contact precaution but for the most part i mean she gave birth in uh, bc women's and the staff there in nursing there are great they're excellent and um you know they made us feel at home and uh that was that. It was definitely, although scary, we felt very, very taken care of. So, um, you know, hands off to all of those uh, frontline workers and they really took care of us. I'm not uh, familiar with uh, the women's hospital, actually. Um, were there any cases of COVID, COVID in, in that hospital or that was completely separate from uh, the COVID cases in the province? No, so it was completely separate from um, any other hospital. So basically, they're very strict. Only um, you're not allowed to visit. Like I said, like only one support person is allowed to be there. Um, we couldn't have anybody. And because of that, they were able to avoid having an outbreak in that facility. Um, they only specialize actually in in the care, uh, natal care. So babies being born. Um, you know, women being delivered and stuff like that. Um, they were making a joke that they said, if you faint, 
while your wife is giving birth, you can't be treated here. You would have to be brought to another hospital because we only treat women that are giving birth here. That's how strict they were because, I mean, it's a bed and they need beds for actual people that need it. And so they'd have to take me to VGH or somewhere else. It's kind of interesting, right? That's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> very nerve-wracking. So I'm like, the whole time my wife is in labor, I was like, don't pass out, Nico. Don't pass out. Don't pass out. Don't pass out. You can do this. <laughs> but, you know, you know God-giving and willing, that nothing crazy happened to me. Um, everything went well. As far as we, uh, we know, there was no COVID cases in our area. And uh, that's all she wrote. Like, I, I feel bad right now because I didn't know there was a separate hospital like that for that that's just specialized in uh you don't have to worry about that right now Momo. <laughs> yeah just chill you know when you get there when you cross that bridge you'll cross that bridge <laughs> well yeah your 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 son is uh almost you said 10 months 10 months old yeah he's 10 months next week or yeah next week the third so every third of the month he you know we count down the months and um yeah he's 10 months uh coming this uh may i can't believe it's may already it's crazy it's so fast right <laughs> yeah yeah Same. and i'm yeah i'm seeing your post on on instagram he's he's pretty tall or he's pretty pretty long <laughs> he's, <laughs> lanky. He's, he's pretty lanky yeah uh, i guess he takes that after me <laughs> 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 yeah freaking guy he's uh <laughs> He's definitely a, a handful right now. He's in his uh, um, crawling, standing, climbing, trying to walk stages, and he's also teething at the same time. So, um, be a handful sometimes, but you know, your child, you just love him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, socializing babies is uh, another very important uh, factor in their development, uh, socially, uh, emotionally. And I know he's a uh, you know less than a year old, but um, but in upcoming uh, months or years, obviously we're hoping that um, you know the situation gets better. Um, do you guys have to make uh, any adjustments in in order to you know to accommodate this new normal and being able to socialize him with uh, you know with family members and and so on? Uh, in the beginning. Uh... Last year, especially when he was first born, obviously, we were kind of like contact precaution. We have a newborn. We don't know how this virus is, how they affect newborns. Not much is known about it. Um, but last year, we kind of flattened the curve here in BC. So we ended up um, meeting up with family after a short while because we had like one or two cases in the summer, right? Um, which is kind of fantastic for us because then we were able to you know introduce him to immediate family and then following that when the numbers were even better in the summer able to introduce to extended family and then after that to um friends like close friends and and whatever but it was definitely a challenge and it still is a challenge right now um because again the cause of the unknown we don't know if he ever catches it what happens so we kind of just keep him in his own bubble well, that being said, like, we understand that, you know, kids need to be socialized for their development. So 
whenever possible, we try to sign him up with um, certain programs that the government provides. Um, for example, Mother Goose, which is a fantastic program. Um, it's free. Uh, you don't need money to sign up for it or anything. They actually are funded. The more people sign up for it, the more that the government funds them. So the program is called Mother Goose, and it's about um, um, you know getting babies to be. The setting would be in like a gym, say in a community center, and you sit in your circles, and um, there's an instructor there, and they sing songs and stuff. Introduce the babies to you know music, learning through music, um, and having the parents to intermingle with each other, even though they're on you know observing social distancing and stuff. It's definitely interesting. That was uh, that was great. I mean, um, now that he's a bit older, we enrolled him into a music class, which is similarly the same thing, but this one's a, a paid one, um, just so that he can advance further. So more music, introducing him to like guitars, um, drums and stuff like that, uh, which is great. Uh, um, and then ever so often, my wife uh, signs up for Strong Start, which is another great program by the government in Vancouver. Um, where you can bring your child to, it's the same thing where, you know, they have a certain thing that they learned today. Oh, today we're going to learn about textures and there's music and stuff like that. And then at the same time, your kid is able to socialize with other kids. Um, and that's been good so far. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, family-wise, to answer your question... You know, we, we've had our bubble, immediate family. We see them um, because they sometimes babysit Noah, my kid. Um, and, you know, they come and visit or whatever. But we haven't really, <laughs> haven't really um, seen our other friends in a big group setting because of the, the provincial health order. So that's kind of challenging and it's kind of sad. But we know good days will come. In the programs that your, your son, in it, son is in, do um, I'm assuming they allow the the babies to interact with one another, or do you have to keep them distanced as well? Do they do they allow that? Yeah, they allow them. Um, as long as you know the other parents are okay in their comfort level, you know, having a kid to interact with the other kids. Um, but as far as I know, everybody's the same in the same kind of situation where they're also like are craving for that socializing for their kids. So they just let them intermingle. And obviously you get checked and say, if you have any symptoms or whatever, if have you been exposed, you know, the usual stuff. So as far as we're, you know, we're okay with that. Sometimes it is in the back of your mind where you worry. They're like, mm, are you sure you're not lying? But you know, we're, we've been, we've been going strong for the last, how long I think it's been, we, we started October or september last year with that program and we're still doing it so that's uh you know trying to make the best out of what we have right yeah i think during the first wave of covid here we did the province did great but currently we're kind of tanking <laughs> i mean i'm laughing now but it's uh it's, it's quite sad that we're we're tanking pretty hard right now i think everybody's just getting fatigued to be honest, like people that used to just listen and obey, I think they're just tired now. They're just like, you know what? I'm just going to skirt the rules a little bit. I'm just going to travel or 
whatever, and I'm just gonna spend a little bit more time here. And then it becomes, you know, repetitive. And then the next thing you know, the numbers are higher. And you, it's just, I, for me personally, I think it's just human nature. It's, it's, it's hard to abide on it, but what are you gonna do, right? And then with all these uh, variants starting to pop up and all that, it's, uh, it's uh, I know I know vaccines are rolling out, but uh, we're we're not even sure about the the variants that are you know being discovered now. How how things would actually go? It's a uh, it's a it's you know it's a big blur. I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of that's kind of scary, right? Like we don't know how it's gonna affect us. How the it's gonna be for the vaccine and and all the turmoil that comes with it too. There's a lot of deniers. There's a lot of racism and discrimination happening around. It's just, you just have to be ready and be on guard, right? Yeah. Speaking of that, have you ever had any, any of that during this uh, pandemic? Had you have any, um, if you encountered any of those or did you see any, um, I guess, racial encounters uh, related to the, the, the pandemic right now? You know what? Knock on wood, no. I have... For my work, have met and encountered a COVID denier, but I have yet to encounter racism. You know, I'm very exposed to the public in a sense that I work for Canada Post. I'm a, I'm a letter carrier. Um, and yeah, I've encountered my COVID, my very first COVID denier um, a few months ago, and that was definitely interesting. Um, you know, they were just being, <laughs> trying to talk me down, saying it's not real. We're just trying to be controlled by the government. You know, all of this stuff. They're never going to release us from, from this total control. And we have to abide. And that's a problem with us and stuff like that. And, you know, you have to be professional. And you just say, you know what, that's okay. But then the person proceeded to be, you know, belligerent and rude. And I just had to walk away, so. But other than that, no, you know, surprisingly enough, I believe that us here in Canada, we have a better upbringing and in that, you know, same light, I think we're more educated and informed about other races, um, respectful. And although we can't show our true colors in public, and when I say we, I'm talking about, you know, the white people and how they really feel about the minorities and the privilege that they have over us. I, I think they, they know they're, they're respectful enough not to voice it out. And, you know, you hear and see the few bad apples here and there, but for the most part, I think it is a, a little bit better than the United States. Definitely my opinion. Again, I don't know. I'm not always out there <laughs> and I've never experienced it. Knock on wood. Not yet. Not recently anyway, but you know, hopefully that's that's a good sign for us, right? Things can only be get better from here. Yeah, I I agree with that. We, you know, we have it, uh, I guess, better than our neighbors down south. It's not as bad here. I mean, that doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's still happening, but it's just, I guess, the word is they're a bit more reserved. Like they don't want to reveal what they truly feel. Because in the States, it's kind of weird. There, they, there was an enabler and 
you know, that president, now that he's out of office, he kind of enabled that small minority um, have a voice again. And, you know, I really hope that Canada doesn't follow suit. You see marks of it, but you never know. You know, it's, it's all mainstream media. You just want to try to take a feel for yourself. You can't believe everything that you hear in media. Sometimes it's exaggerated. Sometimes it's not. So um, that's just me per se. Like I'm not saying media is not to be trusted, but you know, there's some stuff that you just don't know if they're under-reporting or over-reporting, right? You see the biases and all that, right? Yeah. In, uh... Yeah, in these, absolutely. Uh, networks. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but that that is the reality of how, you know, how things yeah. are at at the moment, right? So, and that's why I appreciate you know your podcast, for example, a lot of the podcasts. It's 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 more of uh, homegrown roots kind of media. It's it's they have no agendas other than just to talk about things and no pressure from making money. You know, as per se, for like ads or or backers or sponsors or you know just making clicks or stuff like that. So, I I, I do appreciate and I always support this medium, right? And I, I support you, brother. Thanks, man. And yeah, that's that's actually one of that's that's my goal for the show is just to you know talk to everyday everyday people like like you and me and just talk about these experiences, talk about um, just just anything. Um, and you know, just hear hear opinions of uh, everyday people could be could be anyone mainly. Uh, so, yeah, th- thank thank you for that. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, I and hundred uh, percent agree. It's not it's not as bad here, but there's this one article that I I just saw like over the weekend, like uh, mm-hmm. in Coquitlam, where where I, there was like a racial encounter. That, that happened with uh, two Asian women. But, you know, it's like we said, it's not as bad here, but it is happening. It's, it is uh, happening, 100%. It's not just in broad daylight, like in uh, in the States where it's completely out of control. At, at yeah. Places, so. Yeah. And it's kind of sad, you know, because I um, <laughs> I grew up here. I came here when I was 12. Um I had no notion of any, I was innocent, you know, I had no notion of any differences between if you're white. Yeah, I can't speak English, but I thought, I always thought in my mind when I was a kid that everybody was equal and that even though you're white and I'm Filipino or he's Chinese and you're Punjabi, it doesn't matter. It was equal. Like, that's how I treated it. But, you know, you, you kind of learn as you grow up, that it's not the case and Although white people wouldn't admit that they have privilege, they they do. Like they hundred percent do. Like just just in you know the workforce alone, they get more favors than we do. And it's kind of sad. And hundred percent. Although you know cases here in Canada of you know these hate crimes are less in the, than the U.S., it is still happening, and we need to educate people about it. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there's a lot of people actually that have been buying into, you know, saying that it's not true. It's not true. And then, you know, they become Trump supporters, even though they live in Canada. I know a few here, they're very vocal. 
And in my mind, it's just, I don't understand why you support number one, a, a president that's not a president anymore. Number two, you're Canadian. That's not your president. Number three, you're not white. You're a person of color. So in the worst case scenario, if there was ever a purge, if anarchy happens in say the United States and all these racists trump everything, do you really think that a person of color that's for that president will be saved by a person that's white and blue-eyed? Do you think they will view you as equally as they are? No. So before, my personal opinion is before you, you start spouting all this nonsense garbage, you should look at your skin color and think for a second if you really think they're going to stand up for you and what that propaganda basically stands for. It's, it's about racism. It's about division. So I, I don't get it. But unfortunately, we live in a world where people are easily gaslit, right? Yeah, and it's an and it's really unfortunate that that's the case because um like you know it's uh like like you said earlier there's a lot of misinformation in the media and uh some people get mis misled maybe in uh thinking that they're this ideology or whatever it is that uh is they're they're hearing is um it will support them when in fact it, it won't <laughs> it won't support them that's just the bottom line you know they they think that um. It's kind of sad too because if you if you really look at what's happening around, we're being pit against each uh, each other like other races too. Not just the white race, but you know blacks. Blacks are causing any you know hate hate crimes against Asian, and then you know, and vice versa. It's because of all these because of how the system works, right? We're being pitted against each other, and they make us the model minority. So other races get jealous of that. Think, even though that's not the case, there's nothing to be jealous about um, because they think that you know, we are more privileged than that race, even though the white people are just pitting us against each other. I, I, it just blows my mind how the system is in disrepair. So, and it'll be <laughs> a long time, maybe even after my kids kids are, are born where actual equality would be achieved in this society but again that's a whole nother ball game to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well i 100 percent agree with you like um like like right now for me i'm uh I'm, I'm 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 a pretty anxious guy and uh like seeing things on on social media just constant yeah. violence and all that i mean like you know, we said it where we have it better off here in Canada, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. Oh, there's I know. still a chance that it could happen. And like slowly, I actually um, start to worry about these things. Like after seeing enough of these on social media and all that, you know, like, like, um, you know, my mom takes the bus to work. My brother right. takes the bus. My girlfriend yeah. takes the bus. You know, you're, you're out there in the public. And also right. actually my, my girlfriend had a, had a, um, like an encounter last summer. Um, mm -hmm like by Royal Oak area where the Filipino store uh, was like beside the yeah, 7-Eleven. Yeah. Yep. They yep. were, I, I think they were walking out and then there's just this, uh, this trailer or something or just a, a truck and the guy just screaming out, go back to your country. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it can yeah. happen. It's yeah. Even. We're, 
not maybe not to not to the extent as what we're seeing now in the U.S. And I, I don't want to say not yet, but because obviously I don't want it to happen. But you know, there's a chance that it could happen, and oh, it's yeah. uh, you know, I'm I, I slowly get concerned, and it's just unfortunate because uh, how I see thing is that is that if I'm if I'm thinking this way, that also means another person may be thinking this way, and another. Uh, you know, maybe a teenager or a child, you know, just just living in this, uh, I guess, uh, in in anxiety of, uh, you know, having to face this uh, when they're just minding their own business. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think it boils down to education. Um, when I was younger, I know I admit that I was ignorant. As the, as the same light as me being ignorant of not having any colors. I started becoming biased towards my younger, uh, you know, as I got older, I had a certain view about a certain race and stereotype about this stereotype that it's because that's what's being fed to us. Right. Um, and not necessarily the media, but the way your friends, it's a learned trait. Your friends pass it down to you because, ah, ha ha. So-and-so races. So-and-so stereotype. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. And, you know, it's kind of sad because that's not really the case. If you really get to know that aspect of that race that you're kind of making fun of, you kind of learn. But in that light, I mean, it's happening. And am I, you know, asking my parents to be careful out there? Yes. I always tell my mom, try to just avoid going out right now, mom. Like, don't. If it's not really necessary, not just COVID, but also because there's all these hate crimes that are happening and these are coming closer and closer to home. It's starting to hit home pretty hard. So it's, I think, also part of the COVID, um, what you might call it, it's, uh, it's, it's the fatigue. People are suffering. They're trying to look for something to blame. And the easiest blame to make them feel better is to blame the race. It's a very scary time right now. And I hope that we can kind of go through it all together and, and more education is out there and awareness. Not just like posting, uh, reposting stories from other people, like actually stand up for people and say something. If there's some, you're, you're, you're seeing something that's, that's happening or you see, you know, don't, don't just, you know, nod your head, bow down and move along. You say something. Don't put yourself into danger, but you got to stand up for that because you got you got to remember you're not just standing up for that person you're also standing up for racism itself right so that's my take on it anyway yeah and like uh, a bulk of the world's history has been like rooted in racism and i think it's a, it's kind of about time that we you know we we revert that yeah. and um and I think, yeah, education would really help. And in in my opinion, one of the things that would help is to also address the the racial takes that took place in in history. Because like most of this stuff, in my opinion, right, most of this stuff was rooted because of, because of that, like the colonization oh, yeah. uh, era and all that. It's all rooted in racism. The history of the world is racism. You know, uh, you know, I, I've uh, I've heard all the arguments about it where they're like. Well, colonialism brought you mongrels up from your tribes to be educated in the Western world. But, you know, it's like, well, we never really ask you to be there. 
you know, we were living normally and peacefully until you came in and colonized us. Nobody asked you to do it. You're doing it for your own self-interest and gain. So it's kind of sad. And that's good that, you know, we go through the history of finding out um, what we are. Because, you know, what's that, that, that's what I find out. And I found out as a Canadian growing up, uh, a person of color, like a Filipino, is that my own kind, us Filipino, especially the ones that are born here, they're not exposed to our culture. They don't, it's a kind of sad because I've heard people, like people in my family that said, that grew up here, that said, um, you know, Hawaii is so cool, like their culture is so intricate and colorful. How come Filipinos don't have that? And I had to like talk back and say, actually, no, you'd be very surprised of what kind of culture we have. It's deeper than what you see when Joko is on Netflix. It's more intricate and colorful and, and, and you know, intricate. Um, and that's why I was so happy when you were kind of educating people about um, the Filipino alphabet. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't see that side of our culture. A lot of people don't know that there was a king of Manila, Raja Sulaiman, that we had a royalty system, a monarchy before the colonizers came in. Isn't that so cool? Like, those are the things that I want my kids to kind of like know. And I don't want them to grow up, growing up and thinking, well, I'm Filipino. There's nothing really special about me. Yeah, I grew up here in Canada. That's it. I'm Canadian first and foremost. I am too. But I also want them to know where they came from, how their father you know, was brought in here and the culture that he brought along with him and his ancestry, right? And, and also his mother's. So that's my take on that. I Man, thought you just, sorry. sorry yeah, no, no. I thought like, thank you for actually bringing that up. Like <laughs> the Filipino alphabet. I thought it was really cool. Man, you just, uh, you just gave me goosebumps when you mentioned the, the Royal, Royal, uh, royalty, um, in the Philippines before the the Spaniards came because you're one of the few people I know who actually know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. See, no, not everyone knows this uh, truth. It's true. It's not it like, true. it's not folklore or like it's a myth or whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because yeah, again, comparisons happen when you're growing up and you hear it from people and they say, Oh, Vietnam's so cool. You know, the Mekong Delta where all these, you know, Vietnamese and, different tribes from blah, 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 or say the Thailand has Siam and you know how they have their royalty. How come Manila doesn't have it? How come Philippines doesn't have it? Actually we do. And there's a lot of tribes and there's a lot of dialects. And if you go to Palawan, for example, that's like the root of the language, you know, Tagalog where it evolved and then people just spread through the islands of the Philippines. It's, um, it's kind of really int- intricate. It's, it's very interesting. And I hope, you know, more people of like Filipino descent would get to know that and be proud of that ancestry, right? And that's what I want my kids to know when they grow up as well. I don't want them to forget how we were brought up, our humble beginnings before we moved to Canada. We were able to get here because of the sacrifices of our ancestors through the oppression of our kind for the longest time right so and 
not just that, just ask your grandparents how they survived the Second World War and how, you know, they were in, in, a, in a completely different era where like a, just a whole thing of Americans, Japanese, you know, Spaniards just became a melting pot. That's what we know right now is the Filipino culture, but it's definitely deeper than that. There's a lot more to explore. So that's why I thank you for, for bringing that up to all your audience and making them realize that there's more to it than what you see about the Filipino culture. It's not just palabok and menudo, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more out there, man. Yeah. And the, I'm actually, I'm, I'm hoping to possibly get um, like a, a historian maybe to, to come on to the show and just talk about some of the, uh, inconsistencies or the mistakes in written Filipino history because that what we see in the history is pretty much what was seen by the Spaniards, not right. by the the native Filipinos. Because yeah. uh, you know you know that quote the the victors write uh, I, I don't know how it goes the victors write the write history right yeah so there's actually um, sorry you're getting me fired up here because I, I love history <laughs> yeah, same with me I'm a big history buff because um. <laughs> Like when Magellan went to, um, you know, when he arrived to the Philippine Islands, and actually this month it marks the 500th year that he, 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 uh, they arrived in in um and in, colonized, in, yeah, yeah, in in the islands. So, yeah. um, actually they were they were about to die, uh, Magellan, because they were running out of supplies. They were yeah. about to die. They were about to starve, and yeah. they stumbled onto the Visayan Islands, and the natives fed them. Is it they fed them. Later, right? Lapu Lapu. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They the natives fed them, so they lived, and then they and all this history uh, just starts to unfold. Uh, you know, the Battle of Mactan. Uh, yeah. Magellan gets killed. They go back to whoever was left alive. Go back to Spain. They come yeah. back. And they colonize the whole place. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I made a mistake. It wasn't Leyte. It was Cebu. Just for Cebu, transparency yeah. reasons. Yeah. It was Cebu. It was Mactan. Yeah, and see, and and with that, a lot of um, Filipinos that grew up here don't know that. And I invite all of those who are not educated in it to, you know, kind of do your own research or take a listen to what Maurice is saying about like you know all the history and stuff. It's really, really intricate, and it's farther than I can see, so to speak. Right? It's um, it's definitely interesting. And if you would lend your ear or just take a moment to kind of find out the ancestry. <laughs> We're one of the rich cultures out there full of this, you know, intricate things. And it's kind of sad that it's being covered with all of these things that's happening in the world right now, but hopefully this is an eye opener for things to come. Definitely. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully this keeps, uh, things rolling because you know we've it's only up from here right <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, so sorry yeah go ahead yeah 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 i was just gonna say to our just fellow filipinos like what miko said be, be proud of um who you are be proud be of proud our heritage, of heritage. Be, yes. be proud of proud of our culture yeah i mean we're not perfect and we have obviously bad traits just like everybody else you know, there's certain things that I personally don't like within the Filipino culture that I think could use some improvement. You know, uh, what's that uh, that crab mentality? Do you remember that, Momo? Do you remember yes, the sir. <laughs> <laughs> remember the commercial for that where it's like, 
crab, whoever is gaining, going on top, somebody has to always drag somebody down. You know, it's kind of like a, a metaphor for things, you know, crab mentality. You try to drag a person that's ahead of you down by spreading rumors, gossip, or whatever. And it's very prevalent, but it's not limited to just the Filipino culture. I mean, the, the thing that I hate the most is the old school mentality. Um, we could learn some of the Western stuff and apply it with, uh, you know, us being Filipinos here in Canada. Or the thing that I find the most about Filipinos is they always like to compare. And I, in my journey, in my anxiety and to my mental well-being, that's one of my triggers. I find that a lot of people, especially Filipinos, they always like to compare. Well, so-and-so is this. How come you're not this? So-and-so is this. And then you start doubting yourself and you're thinking, well, success, I'm not a nurse. I guess she's a nurse. He's a nurse. You know, I guess they're more successful in life. But, you know, as, as I go through my journey and trace it back, you start to realize, you know, that's a really bad because so what if you're not, you know, this accomplished person? But if you're happy and as long as you're doing your best to, you know, be successful in your own right, why do you need that? So, you know, that's just one of the examples of things, but it's definitely one of the things that I had to battle growing up into Canada. I hope, I hope that my kids won't ever encounter. Well, they will, but I will try to explain to them knowing all of the stuff that I learned passing on to them. Yeah, that's that's very important, especially for because uh, just that pressure for children having to go through that and yeah. uh, going to that mental stress that at that age, they probably don't even know how to handle that yeah. mental mental stress. Right. Could you imagine now with social media, it's compounded tenfold. When we were growing up, social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now. It was there, but it wasn't as prevalent. You know, you notice that you can't even get off your phone for hours on end because you're just scrolling through Instagram. Imagine kids going through that pressure, right? So that being said, like, oh, man, I don't know. And it's definitely going to be a journey again, you know, to see how your kids are and make sure you guide them in the right way, right path. And as much as you can, try to help them understand that, you know, this is the world and sometimes things aren't fair. You just have to go through it. You got to take the lemon, so to speak, and make lemonade out of it. That's the problem is I, I couldn't even tell you. That's such a bad trait. It's it's one of my triggers, man. I'll be very honest with all your listeners. I, I, I get triggered um, when I was in a group. Um, I had to leave because sometimes you don't feel inclusive and then you kind of you know, break it down and you see because they would invite people like this because you're not like this and you're not part of that exclusive group. So you just kind of leave it all behind and you just let it go and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to live my life. Um, and that's honestly part of growing up as a POC here. I mean, the disadvantage I find also for you and me and for the people that grew up here midway and then all of a sudden you know, changing and moving to a different land is that you don't have the advantage of having friends that you start off in 
you know, a kindergarten, elementary, or same church community where they've known each other since they were four, three, two even, or when they were born. You know, you have to be courageous enough to like start new beginnings with other people. And sometimes you encounter that exclusivity because you're a newcomer. The trust factor isn't there. You know, trying to be part of that group is hard. You're trying to fit in. It's just nothing that you, you know, the culture shock is there. You know, and then you, you're labeled as a certain thing, aka you're a fob, your style sucks, your fashion sense sucks. Um, what else? Like I've, I've been called a lot of things. Um, your English sucks. You have an accent. You know, um, you just uh, the, you just don't fit in with us. Or, and then as you get older, you know the the truth gets hidden, but the aggression is still there. They just don't invite you. You know they. <laughs> They have secret group chats that you're not part of, that you find out that you're like, well, how come I wasn't invited? And they're like, you know, become aggressive to you. Like, yeah, you were invited, even though, you know, the truth is not the case. Um, and, you know, all the other stuff and, like that. And, like, it's just, unfortunately, what you just have to go through. And, you know, I hope you can kind of share an experience like that with us because, it's, I personally view as that's also part of the problem being a person of color, because to me, that aggression comes from the system, the systemic discrimination of people that was instilled by, you know, white people to everyone, that there's classes. And if you're not a certain class or you're a certain way, you're not part of this group. We can't be friends. You know what I'm saying? So, and I hope whoever is listening, you know, it, be kind to other people. It doesn't cost that much. It, it doesn't cost anything, actually. Sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't have any value to be nice. Just be nice. Maybe that person needs help. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. So that's completely my take on that. Man, you put it perfectly there, bro. You know, a lot of things you said there really hit home for me, to be honest with you. And, you know, I, I, I went, I came to Canada when I was nine. Uh, you know, we, we were both, I guess, at a, at a young age coming here. And yeah, a, a lot of you, you, you said, a lot of the things you said just hit home. And I, I do hope um, to also feature an episode like that where, you know, we, we share these struggles of like just the actual struggles that we had to deal with. Um, not just in, um, what do you call this, uh, with other cultures, but also within our own um, right. ethnicity, right? Within yeah. the Filipino community, because it happens. It um, happens. Yeah. There's um, certainly an exclusivity, especially when I was growing up. I, for lack of a better term, I had to reinvent myself. I had to, and you can still tell I have an accent, but I've worked hard on it to for people not to make fun of me because I was so ashamed there was a point in my life where I was so ashamed people make fun of me my accent the way I look you know how come you have like ugly kimpi hair like you know like the hair is like swept back and stuff like that and you have long hair why are you wearing so those clothes it's like nah, gross that's so whatever and I had to 
completely reinvent myself. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had to put myself out there. I had to work on my accent. I had to kind of like hide my true self when I was younger because of the systemic discrimination that was, you know, introduced. And what it's not their fault. It's not these kids' fault that grew up to be discriminatory to their own kind. It's what the society tells them. They label people that come from different countries to be gross, weird, nasty. You know, you're not one of us. Just because you can't speak our language correctly, you know, you just, you're, you're, you're icky. And that's exactly what I, you know, what I got. And I hope people that are listening, you know, again, would understand that. And, and if you know somebody that's going through that, talk to them. It doesn't cost you anything, right? Be kind to them. Maybe they need your help because there's nothing wrong with, you, with us having an accent. You know, we're just being us. And if that's what they want to do and that's what they are, you have to accept that. That's um, really hits home, man. It's uh, uh, a lot of things though said here just really hits home, and I, I, I'm just a loss of words right now because uh, you know, growing up, I, uh, you know, I would think sometimes it's just me kind of going through some some of these, but you know, like just right now, just me and you talking about this, it's uh, and there's a high chance that maybe a, uh, someone listening to the show or maybe someone you know is going through the same thing. So take take Miko's advice here. Be, you know, doesn't cost anything to be nice. Help that fellow um, fellow Filipino. Help that fellow person, whoever that is. Give them a hand. Maybe they're going through something. And like what Miko said, it doesn't cost anything to, to be nice. Yeah, it doesn't. And, um, you know, Maybe that talk that you have with them, even just saying hi, that is something that they needed that day just to get through it, right? Um, and, you know, you just never know. You made their day. So, and what's that to you? That's like two seconds every time, you know? And that, and I'm so against it, like the exclusivity and I just, I don't like it. I, um, cause I know I've been on the receiving end. There are times where like people, you know, that they're talking about you, but they won't ever admit that they would say, um, no, or whatever, or, you know, microaggressions like, oh, you're just thinking that in your head. You know, they're making, they make you seem like you're crazy, but really you're not because you got to trust your instincts because you're right. And for that, all I can say to you guys is just as much as possible ignore it and it does sound lame but go to your support system talk to them you know whatever works for you if talking to them takes your mind off without talking about it go for it if you want to talk about it go for it as long as you're ready right it all interconnects mental health for me mental health i trace it back to when i came here (laughs) to the way i grew up here to the way I had to hide things inside internally and the way the systemic racism is instilled in our society. It trickles down all the way down to the smallest things. So, and like on that, I want my kids, my kid, you know, knock on wood, kids, um, 
to 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 understand that there's things like that in this world and we can do better like we can we can be better people um you know and i don't care if i get flack on it I don't, whoever doesn't believe in it you think it's soft or weak or i'm a snowflake but that's the re- reality that we face right now is you just you just have to understand the other person you have to empathize with them so that you understand doesn't matter what race or color you got to be aware of what you say there was a time and point in my life where you know saying you're gay was okay and it was a very commonly used word as i got older that started to slowly disappear that's progress and i hope that these microaggressions and aggressions that you don't even think is racist even with your own kind i hope they also go away in the way that that word turned from something that everybody used casually to something that nobody wants to use anymore because it's hurtful so man we could go hours yeah we can go hours this is a great (laughs) conversation oh and um Oh, I'm uh, really thankful, Miko, for, for being here. To, to be really honest with you, thank you so much for being here and just no worries, sharing man. all this with us. It's um, one, just again, call me, text me if you need. If you want to talk again, man, I'm always here. I'll always be honored to be your guest, man. Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I do, I, I have a feeling that th- this will happen again, that we will have this, uh, uh, um, this talk again or this conversation this uh, for, for for a future episode because obviously uh, uh, what do you call this um, you know putting everything into one episode it's clearly not enough like putting everything into one hour of an episode is just not enough so I, I can definitely see this happening again in in the future so thank you Miko and um, before we wrap up the show uh, we're going to go back to that OPM <laughs> OPM thing you had earlier so I, I ask uh, a couple of trivia questions to my guests at the end of each show. Um, for me, I love OPM. I've been an OPM lover um, ever since. Well, maybe there's some times that I wasn't, but then uh, a majority of my uh, my my songs are, are OPM. And what I ask my guests is, what would be your all-time favorite OPM song? Ooh, that's hard. It's like asking <laughs> pick on you know, your favorite food or whatever. There's just so much. Um, let's see. Always the 90s. I grew up in the 90s, born in the 80s. So <sighs> there's three, the Holy Trinity for me. And I'm sure you can agree to this, Momo. Mm-hmm. There's Parroquiani and Garpini. There's uh-huh. River Maya. And there's Eraserheads. Yes, sir. <laughs> and those three also released multiple albums that have hit very hard but i think i will go with river maya i oh. think that's that's Ooh. my favorite you know because of the baseline the baseline yes sir uh just that's one of the first baselines i've ever learned um playing bass and i was just like whoa i'm doing it this is pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> and it's so complex and it just goes right so Ah, yeah, it's my favorite. And it just brings me back to a time, nostalgia, all of that. Like, I was, I don't know if you're familiar. I I mean, I grew up in Manila. I grew up in a part of Manila called Marikina. And it's still towards the mountains. So, Antipolo, 
uh, area, Marikina Heights. And uh, it just reminds me of like school when I was in grade school. Um, you know, my house, the service. We have a school service. We didn't have a school bus in the Philippines. We had a school service. Um, it would pick me up and that would blast in the radio playing, you know, and it's like 24 to 30 degrees hot outside. And it's just, and you, you know, you go, it reminds me of getting Coke in a plastic bag with your straw, getting mangoes in Bagoong or Sinkamas in Bagoong when I don't have enough money. I only have one peso. I get Sinkamas in Bagoong. It just takes me back to a time where it's more innocent and just, you know, just fun. <laughs> all right next question sir I, i'm pretty sure we'll have the, an episode about that that <laughs> those experiences in the philippines because ah, so oh man we could oh <laughs> i'm sure i'm 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 so excited to hear your your take on that but we'll save it for another episode yeah <laughs> all right next next question mm-hmm. um what would be your tv show or movie recommendation doesn't have to be a filipino movie or filipino show it could be could be anything a filipino or sorry so uh, a recommendation for a movie or a, a tv show yeah 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 uh, uh, from it could be western could be could be anything it doesn't have to be filipino but it's also a tough one well <laughs> one of my favorite movies would be inception Mm. Uh, if you want something it's not an easy watch it somewhat is but I'm more leaning towards like gangster movies like good like the classic not really classic but like 90s late 80s Casino Goodfellas those are the good gangster movies that I love um, TV shows there's a lot right now me and my wife are binging The Crown <laughs> actually interesting because um obviously behind the scenes uh, the, the, the there's the accent we're talking about sins scenes are um are obviously fiction because it's not so queen elizabeth's diary but most of it aligns with history and me being a big history buff you know i enjoy it i i, I think it's very entertaining some people find dry because obviously it's, it's, you know, a time feature and it brings you back to the way their lives were and stuff like that and shows you what happens. But so far, that's, uh, I really enjoy that show right now. Um, just finished Falcon and Winter Soldier. That was pretty good too. But uh, to recommend like my favorite series, I don't know if I can. I just, I don't know. What's a good series? I don't even know. I would say Game of Thrones, but that ended crap. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't so good towards the final season rush. So I can't recommend that. I was so invested to that though too. But yeah, uh, sorry man, I can't really answer your question. I guess we will just have to find out in the next episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, what was that last uh, movie you said? That the Falcon something. Uh- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. did That's you a, see that part where uh, you see that part where they played uh, a Shanty Dope song? There was one episode they that they did? had a song. They did. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I I don't know what the title of the song, but 
Um, that song that they played that was actually banned in the Philippines. <laughs> it's funny. Um, if you look into it, yeah, the song that they played, I think, Lakastama, uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, I think that was the title of the song. But oh, I'm not, I'm not when they were sure. in Magic War. They're in yeah. Magic War, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I, I heard it. I was like, yo, that's Filipino. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it's just funny because um, you know, Marvel is using it, but they banned it in the Philippines. So there's a there's a lot of um stories with uh why they banned it. So it's it's just kind of funny to see it that way. Lakastama <laughs> by um. Shanti Oh no 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 no! It's uh that's that's uh no wait is it Lakastama or? Hold on, is let me give it a start. I may be wrong song. right now. Uh, the easiest song to learn in guitar. It was like, oh, Amats. Eight. It's called Amats. Amats. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, not not Lakastava. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it who sang Lakastama again? Is it Ascal? Uh, I forgot who sang it. Uh, I know that's one of the. Shakol? Is it Shakol? Yeah. I think it's one of the easiest so. songs to jam. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, oh, this is another conversation talking about OPM, man. <laughs> we can go all night, man. All night. It's been uh, so long. It's been so long. I haven't had the chance to listen to a new OPM. I think the last one was um, one. Oh, okay. One okay. I um, I really enjoyed because uh, I was in the Philippines 2019 when that came out, and I heard it. I was like, Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this, man. I, I'm feeling this right now. <laughs> I was telling Nikki, I was like, "Yo, this is pretty good." So, yeah, and there was a, I, I, I think there was a, it. there was like a challenge with it too, and other um, neighboring countries started to do it. Like I, I was seeing uh, some videos where, um, you know, some some uh, some people from Thailand or or Indonesia <laughs> was doing the. The, the high part. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was high. pretty cool. Yeah, it's very high. <laughs> All right. Um. So. Nineties. Yes, yeah. sir. Nineties. <laughs> One of the <laughs> best times for OPM. Golden era. Well, not just like not just OPM, like the whole world apparently is what mm. I've always heard from a lot of people. But again, there's always time bias, right? Yeah. <laughs> for us, it's the golden era. Maybe for our parents, maybe not. No, never know. So, all right, last question. Uh, being a being the podcast called the Lifetimes Podcast, um, if you were given an opportunity to go back in time or even the future, what time period would you want to visit or observe as just uh, like a spectator, a and why? I would go back to the nineties. A hundred percent. Answer. I don't know. It's again. It's the bias, right? I grew up in that time period. Um, you know, as a kid, I always imagined how it is in the states because everybody was talking about the states, and you know, you want to go to the states. It's the place to be uh, until you get to North America, and whoa, completely different thing. But yeah, the '90s. If I had a chance, I'd go back to the '90s. But would would I do it? Tough question. I've embraced who I am now. I uh, I'm too old to think of. I used to think that all the time. I used to say, "Man, I wish I could go back in time to change things." But 
I'm content with who I am and I'm comfortable in my skin. So, but definitely go back to the 90s and still have the same life as I have now. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> this 90s in the Philippines or in Canada or just uh, yeah. just general in the 90s? Just general in the 90s. Like, yeah. Philippines was pumping out good music. Um, you know, North America was pumping out good music. And Nirvana came out. Oh, um, yeah, like, yeah. All these... The early '90s, and then you got the late '90s. I was a big fan of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> as oh, Limp lame Biscuit, as that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Limp oh, Biscuit. Oh man, I, I've had, I've been listening to Limp Biscuit as well. <laughs> and so, uh, Green Day. Oh, like they're Green they're, Day. They're punk rock, oh, right? Yeah. Punk rock. Yep. I'm surprised Kinkins, we're not hearing Easter. as much punk rock these days, aren't we? With it's because anymore. It's not the money maker, right? Yeah. We always do. It's obviously first and foremost pop, but mm. even even like original rock, like you don't hear much. If you go on the Fox, like the radio station, don't yeah, hear yeah. as much, right? Yeah, it's it's different. I think the last more mainstream rock band I've heard with, I don't know what happened. I haven't heard much. Sorry, who? Which band? Your audio kind of cut out there. I didn't quite hear. Oh, Kings of Leon. Oh, Kings of Leon. Yes, Kings yes. I, I remember it. I my. I remember my uh, my high school band. We covered that one of their songs. Uh, what was that called? Uh, their their popular song. I forgot the title of uh, that song. Something some somebody, or oh yeah, lose somebody. Or uh, use 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 somebody. Yeah, yeah. That that song. I remember us playing <laughs> yeah, that. Oh uh, man, <laughs> memories, memories. <laughs> yeah, it's good, right? Yeah, that's the last time. But uh, you know, all the nineties had like really really good time period of music. Um, you know, it was the last era where you, you could still travel all the way to the gate when you're seeing your relatives off in the airport. You know, no security, no. You know, world is innocent in the in and that's you know for lack of a better term after and that was uh and that was before back. the internet so. <laughs> yeah well, well we had the internet but it, but it was it wasn't like, mainstream yet happened. right i don't know if you're and i know this is going to extend your your show but i don't know if you're you're a big cs fan because when i was in the philippines i i left when i was just in the middle of first year high school so I was exposed to a lot of things and, you know, I, I was, uh, <laughs> it was so different. That's why I told you it's a culture shock because when I got here, we're doing things there already. Like I was interested in girls. We we're chasing girls first year high school, got here, grade eight, grade seven. They're still talking about Beyblades. <laughs> and I was just like, so I'm like, What? Like in the Philippines, I was smoking cigarettes when I was in first year high school. I had like my ears pierced. You know, I was a, I was bad. And then I get here, they're still talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Not that I didn't like it, I did. And you know, you just have to adapt. But it's it's definitely a culture shock, that's for sure. But yeah, to answer your question in a long version, the nineties. <laughs> that's the time period I want to go back in. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Miko, and uh, we'll definitely do this again, man. It's uh, it's yeah. been fun. Thank you so much. Anytime. For... It's been a pleasure, man. So for all our listeners, we hope everyone enjoyed that show. And there's a lot of things that we talked about here. And if you relate to any of these things we talked about, or if you know someone who has you know, the same experience, please share the episode with them. Share share these um, this this episode with them. And, uh, you know, maybe um, just talking about these topics would help them out. Or even just share it to your friends to raise some awareness because... These things that we talked about here, we face them and it can be happening to anyone that you know, anyone that you don't know. But, you know, as long as we race, let's raise this awareness and educate each and every one of us and to uh, advance ourselves into the better versions of ourselves so, to make a better society. So please share the show. And if you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Instagram at the Lifetimes Podcast and also to subscribe to the show on whichever podcasting platform that you're using, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, so that you won't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.